Torture, the hottest sports app in the history of sports apps. Download from the App Store today. Touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Referee. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. The Ruck. And coming up the blind side, Tony Rubber Kick Squires. A draw, a glorious draw. 18 all, the Wallabies and the All Blacks. And even better, if can get better than that, no try scored whatsoever. A brilliant draw, uh, witnessed firsthand by two members of the Ruck team, Tim Horan and Adam Fryer, who joined me from our Brisbane studios. Good morning, gentlemen. How's it feeling? Oh, it's feeling quiet. They are. Well, I see, there you go. They've, they've witnessed a draw. They're in the Brisbane studios, but they can't speak. Just talk if you ever can hear me. Timmy Horan, you I've there? I've got you, boy. Ah, I've got you, Tony. You Look, go. we're, we're fine and dandy up here. And, um, you know, it was a great uh, result for the Wallabies. I thought I celebrated like it was a win, Tony. Yes, I can hear that in your voice. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't, Timmy. I was disappointed because they got in front, and then they almost thought, like, what are we doing here? I, Why wait, wait, are we back, in front? Back up, Sparky. Adam Fryer, yesterday on Triple M on A Few Good Sportsmen, you said that the All Blacks would win by 50. I did. No, I didn't. You said the All Blacks bring up. Okay, them. right. I said, did I say fifty? Oh, he's backtracking. No, there. no, no. Look, I, look hey. it was uh, it was a shock to me. But I have to admit, when they were in front, I thought, come on, you can get this. You run away with it. But uh, Timmy made a good call on air last night that uh, you'd be saying that if you were Robbie Deans, don't be don't be nervous that you're in front. This yeah. this is normal. You are dominating the game. So, look, uh, as I said yesterday, I thought it'd be a different result, but a draw. I suppose that's apt. But they were $6.50 with the bookies, too. I had a little bit of piece of that, too, Tony. I'll tell you what I had a piece of. What was that? Went down to the local car wash, and mm-hmm. there's a Kiwi guy down there. Yeah. And he's always into me. And mm-hmm. he said, um, do you want to have 50 on the game? I said, I'd love to. I said, you give us a little bit of a start. He said, I'll give you a 20-point start. Oh, what? So I took it. I took it. Now, the hardest problem now is going to be trying Collect. to find him. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he's, just, he's just left the country. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> indeed. We'll get to that game. We'll speak to one of the Wallaby heroes, Mike Harris, late in the program. We're all going to speak to Michael Checker. If you're wondering where the voice of Matthew Burke is, he's off somewhere counting his money. According to the newspaper today, he sold his house in north of Sydney. Uh, So we may never see him again. He's got got four to go then, four to sell. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. This is your Ruck. It's your Sunday rugby show, all for Scotcher. This is the Ruck. That's a Huda Guru. It's the right time. And this is the Ruck, your Sunday rugby show for Scorcher. Tony Squires, Tim Horan and Adam Fryer with you for the final time this season. Been a great joy, and it was a joy to see the Wallabies in an 18-all draw with the All Blacks in the final Bledisloe of the year. I guess the great thing about it, boys, was that, uh, you know, sure, it's disappointing not to win, but the key stat is that the result was more disappointing for the All Blacks, given that they were chasing history with the number of consecutive wins. So they lost more than we did. Yeah, they, look, they looked out of sorts, the All Blacks. They were frustrated. I think that uh, before the game, I was talking to Justin Marshall, the ex-All Black uh, halfback, and he was saying if the Wallabies can get in front, at halftime, have a good lead. Um, it'll take the All Blacks, you know, in a different zone they haven't been for a long time. But they look so calm in the last ten or fifteen minutes with Dan Carter and the way that Richie McCaw led that team. But uh, for for the Wallabies, it, it's at probably as good as a win. I mean, Nathan Sharp playing his last Test match in Australia. Finally. And Timmy, and Timmy, <laughs> for a man, you're the man, obviously, who does love an anthem. I noted in your commentary uh, last night in Fox Sports, you were very happy with the passion that they showed during the anthem. 
Well, they did. There was a few tears. You're commentating on the anthem now. (laughs) You make special comments on the game and you're actually providing special (laughs) comments on tone. Are you going to be potentially doing the voice as well as... Yeah, right through it. Spinning around. I get so pumped up when you hear that girt by C. I don't know what it means, but surrounded by C. Do you face the anthem or do you have your chair turned like the voice and then do you press the buzzer and turn around? If I approve, yeah. I look forward to watching the anthem. They did the Copa Apunga. Um, the the oh, new haka, the, the one like on the knees, one. yeah, yes. yeah, it was yes. good. Yeah, do you reckon they'll have to keep Perry Weepu on the bench forever just so he can lead the haka because oh, he does a very good great. job. He does a he's good job. Great. I reckon, yeah, I reckon they need to get him out on the field. Yeah, he did because, a good job. Mate, he's been in a good paddock the last couple of months, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He'd be yeah, the he, biggest halfback running around world rugby. Yeah, he was a dollar twenty at the start of the year. Was he? About a dollar ten now. What about the the positives? We're getting to that game, obviously. For Nathan Sharp, as you said, he has he's been farewell fifty three times now, but this apparently definitely is his final game. That's what Johnny Farnham said. Yeah, that's right. But there's been a lot of talk about the injury problems that the Wallabies have had. I guess the positive is, and a few guys are starting to stand up, aren't they, blokes, who have, have been thrown in, they're young guys. It was a incredibly young back line, uh, specifically last night. There's got to be benefits, Timmy. Oh, there has to. I mean, there was four players in the back line last night that had never faced the Harker before, so had never played against the All Blacks. So they were written off um, you know, by a lot of people. But I think you know, guys like Ben Tapawai, um, the way that he played. I mean, Mike Harris was superb. Um, yep. You've got guys like Michael Hooper has really um, set a good platform to go forward now. So I mean, I've been really impressed with guys like Sidaleki Tamani. I mean, Wycliffe Parley made a huge difference Big when he time. came on. So uh, it, it's, it's good because there's been a lot of question marks, Tony, about the depth in Australian rugby. I think that showed last night that maybe the depth isn't as uh, as big as what people thought. Yeah, and look, the other thing, Tony, and, and we talk about this lack of, I wouldn't say maturity, but inexperience at that level, we needed that in that last 30 seconds or when it went over. I, I just thought that we panicked a little bit. I thought we just sort of gr- tried to get metre by metre. And you saw the All Blacks in the exact same position. They were willing to chance the ball and spread it wide and make metres mm. that way instead of just sort of grinding up. And we didn't make any metres and we needed to sort of be him probably about 15 out to pass it back about 15 minutes to have the snap so we really although we're talking about the new brigade coming through I think that's what sort of stung us in the end we probably needed a level head yeah. uh, to ensure that we got that three points well we missed out on that opportunity but of course then the All Blacks did what my few expected or perhaps you did rather than just saying well the game's over they're near their own goal, goal line they take the scrum and they shuffle away all the way to the other end until this happens here it is goes down It's wide. He can't get the nod from the referee. He can't believe it. You've got to love that confidence and audacity, don't you? I like uh, Clarkie there just goes, he can't get the nod from the referee because it didn't didn't go over. I think Clarky was just so uh, it was just like edge of the seat. I think it was that was about the eighty sixth minute of the match, so um, extra time. But it was um, it was great poise from Dan Carter. And as soon as he hit it, he knew he'd missed it. Oh, mate, it was great. It was a great finish. I know the, the conditions were poor, humidity. You could have eaten it with a spoon. It was very thick. <laughs> uh, but I tell you what, that last 10 minutes, it was, uh, it's one of the, the best Bledisloe memories I'll have of just what was on offer and what was going to become a, a devastating loss. It was, a, it was a great finish. The humidity must have been very thick because a couple of times in commentary, it might have been Roddy Kafer said the ball uh, had sweat on it. I've never seen a ball sweat before, so, uh, you know, <laughs> given that, you know, the conditions are very, very tough. pigskin. Yeah, that's exactly right. Sadly, the pig was still alive, but still. <laughs> did you, what was the vibe at the crowd at the game afterwards, given it was the draw, uh, and did you wander up Caxton Street? Did you embrace what was going on? 
Yeah, I sort of walked up Caxton Street and sort of uh, they they obviously closed Caxton Street off uh, for the for the big test matches here and and for most of the sort of Super Rugby games, but. There was a, a wall of people up Caxton Street and they were celebrating as if it was a win. But uh, I think it was, you know, for um, Australian rugby probably needed it. I mean, Robbie Deans certainly needed it. Um, you know, a good win two weeks ago against Argentina in Argentina and they have a draw like this. What do you reckon, Hass? Has it saved his job? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, the Argentinian test saved his job. Uh, and look, not, I don't think they're going to make mass changes this close to a Lions tour. I know Rod Kafer's got a, a different opinion. He thinks yep. there should be change now. But I... I really think you need to have a, a consistent formula moving forward, and and Robbie is the key there. I, I, I you know, and if he makes the lines, he'll make the World Cup. So it's an interesting one. Yeah, well, tell well, who would want to be a coach? Yeah, well, indeed. Well, I want you to crystal ball a little bit later in the show. Next, so we are going to speak to the new Waratahs coach, Michael Checker, and Mike Harris will join us a little later. This is the Ruck. The new Waratahs coach, Michael Checker. Good morning, and uh, welcome to the Ruck. Good morning, Michael. Now this is this is our last show of the season. Yet your boys are already in pre-season training. I love that kind of determination so early. Uh, yeah, um, it's, a, it's an interesting part of the year, I suppose, especially after you know we've had a change and, and everyone's new because uh, you can get a bit of a honeymoon period where everyone thinks it's, uh, it's all flying. So a good bit of hard work, uh, understanding what's in front of us is always pretty good because it's the standard straight away. Running up the hit most hideous steps in Coogee is a terrific way to start. Mate, what are you feeling at the moment? Is it excitement or do you understand the pressure? I, I just see recent quotes from uh, Andrew Slack uh, saying that it's crucial, daring the Waratahs, quote, to be entertaining in 2013, adamant that the code's success in Australia depends on it. That's a big call. <laughs> yeah, I know when... I wouldn't uh, say that there's pressure, you know what I mean? I think I, I personally would, would set a pretty high standard for myself as far as what I expect back out of out of what we do and what I do. So, you know, I don't, I don't really feel that. I'm pretty excited about it, to be honest. Big decision coming home, back, back to Australia. I've been away for a long time and, and uh, I really enjoyed actually the first few weeks, you know, I had nice people. Which is always, a, you know, a good start. You've got to enjoy the people you're doing it with, yeah. and hopefully we're going to put some, lay down some, some markers, lay down a bit of work that's going to give us some satisfaction in the end too. So I don't really think that there's pressure. Like I think it's, uh, that's part of the deal. Is 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 we're representing lots of people and we want us, want to give them something they're going to be proud of. You know. Uh, check, uh, mate. I, I've um, I heard that you're back in the uh, the off season. You started early. Um, I actually saw a nice uh, pic of you at Waratah's uh, HQ. Uh, looked like you enjoyed yourself in France the last couple of years. Do you ever think about jumping in and doing a couple of sessions yourself? I think um, it's always ex-players that have just recently finished that start calling the shots about uh, exactly what fitness sessions and stuff should be doing. So Adam getting pretty well prepared for coaching, obviously. As I can see. <laughs> But no, no, no. I've been able to super, superimpose myself into certain sessions now and giving off the impression that fitness could be an option, but no, not really, no. <laughs> hey, Michael, uh, what about you've got uh, Michael Hooper coming, um, obviously, next year to the to Waratahs. He's going to add a lot a lot of spark to the team. And uh, what, What's your what's your plan of attack in regards to, you know, when Tony mentioned about entertainment? Because that's what I think the people of Sydney are looking for is entertainment through those guys like a Michael Hooper. Yeah, Tim, I think oh, you, you'd know from playing, no, no one sits around the team room and says, well, let's go out and entertain, you know what I mean? Let's be the entertainers. But I think that uh, 
the nature of where I've where I've grown up in rugby and what I've known. All I've really known as far as people uh, playing with people and coaching with people, etc. And what I've tried to do is to play a running style of game, uh, an attacking style of game, because uh, I think it's really the only way to win in the end of the day. I think you can, with conservative footy, you can go so far, you can maybe get to a certain stage, but if you want to try to beat the Chiefs or, or the, the, the uh, Crusaders or the Stormers, these guys, you know, the Reds, you need to score tries. You know, I think in the big games, that's what counts because you can put pressure on the opposition if you're actually a danger to do that. So it gives a whole different set of circumstances to the whole game. So we've started building a bit of that already in our... We're doing a bit of skills as well with the fitness, started to build a bit of a shape together that might help us to do a bit of that. So uh, it's something that I'd enjoy setting up as a coach and enjoy watching as well when we play. Now, check. Uh, I've got to ask a serious question, mate. Uh, you're uh, you're very famous for your coaching style uh, of rugby league touch. Uh, on a Tuesday and Thursday, one of the Waratahs had any rugby league touch, and also, have you uh, given any of your new stars uh, rugby league nicknames? I know you like to call me. What was I think? I was Danny Badiris. Um, and uh, Morgs was, uh, I think, Salvi and uh, Salvatore, I think we called him. Uh, have you decided to, to start associating names with anyone yet? We actually did have a bit of touch the other morning uh, when we were having a session, and uh, there were some names being sprouted around. I think um, Barry Barnes was trying to get involved. He likes a bit of rugby league himself, so he's trying to get involved naming a few chaps already. But I don't know, uh, there was a couple of ex-rugby players' names starting to pop up, you know what I mean? Uh, in, in the, but we have to let it settle in, you see. See who actually yeah. wears the tag well, you know. So. It's a process, I understand, it, Check, it but is. please let the people know. As the names come through, we'd like to know on the show <laughs> who their relatives are. That's very important for us. Yeah. And, and well, Michael, we will see. Michael, as you, uh, you know, begin this your journey here, you will know that the people of Sydney have fallen in love with another bloke in Sky Blue, Alessandro Del Piero in the A-League. You've spoken on before. Has there been any further discussion with that notion of the marquee players who may be slightly older but who are absolute draw cards? And Brian O'Driscoll's name was mentioned. I think uh, before we do, the first step will be to start deciding, you know, as, a, as an organisation, so with, uh, with our board, etc., exactly if we're going to go down the road of having a marquee play, what the parameters are, as New South Wales, right, uh, the catchment area for development of players is enormous. You know what I mean? So I don't think that any marquee player ideas is based around trying to fill a hole. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's so many places, probably 50-something players or 55 players, I think, from New South Wales that are currently playing in other states, other provinces. It's just, there's an untapped potential in... Um, the club rugby, club rugby market because there's guys that are hungry for a chance and perhaps given a bit of better company and starting to and, and a different shape they might be able to take the step up and those opportunities have to be given so I think it's pretty clear that from a development point of view and looking at the team longer, shorter and longer term I don't think there's any need from a marquee player from that point of view but marquee player is someone who's got to add value on the field uh, in the experience, the type of person he is that he can, that, what he can give to the rest of the team as a player first within the organisation, and uh, and then also that people 
would like to see, you know, yeah. uh, play here in the Southern Hemisphere or in Australia against, you know, the, the New Zealand and South African teams. So once we agree on that type of idea as a, as a province and we're all clear with exactly what we do in relation to recruiting that person, then we might have a go at it. So right. if that type of person is actually available, you know. All right. Well, Michael Checker, all the best from us here at The Ruck for the next season. I'm sure we'll catch up with you during it. Thanks for being no part worries, of the ruck. Thanks, Jake. There he is, Michael Checker, the new Waratahs coach. Excited rather than feeling the pressure. We'll wait till next year. Next year. This is the ruck. Uh, all right, we're talking to Michael Checker. We mentioned the training regime, seeing the pictures of the Waratahs uh, stumbling up the worst set of stairs in yeah, they've uh, Sydney. They've started early, haven't they? Uh, Tim Horan, have you uh, pre-season training regimes? Anybody thrown anything tough at you? Well, they've started very early, haven't they, the Waratahs? Uh, a bit like the Brumbies um, last year, they started pre-season, I think, in uh, in July. So, uh, yeah, pre-season's always your last pre-season when you know you're going to hang the boots up is, mm-hmm. uh, is something that you really look forward to. But we, we had John Connolly at the Queensland Reds for many years, and he uh, won pre-season camp at a place called Corelwyn Valley, inland from the Gold Coast. We, yeah. um, you had groups of ten, and you had to carry a telegraph pole for ten kilometres. <laughs> <laughs> it took us eight and a half hours to get back to home base. In the, in the end, like, people were trying to find chainsaws or wheelie bins or somehow to cut this telegraph pole up to carry it. But in the end, it, we actually hung it up in the Ballymore dressing room with a plaque on and everyone sort of touched it as you ran out and sort of thought back to the times. But there's some crazy stuff early I on. I would love to have done that. Because I'm so short, I wouldn't have had to have do, done a no. feet the whole, whole way. Everyone's have to go, boys. Oh, gee, it's tough. Shoulders I'll, I'll, sore. I'll find a path for you, boys. <laughs> yeah. Love it. All right, it's time now for our patented sports wrap. A few things going on other than rugby in the world as we speak. And the A-League, I mentioned to Michael Checker, there is, there's a love affair with Alessandro Del Piero in Sydney FC. Well, it continued. The first win of the season was in the uh, first ever Sydney derby against the Western Sydney Wanderers. They won one nil, and it was a penalty to Del Piero. For Neil Pinternicchio, the little painter. Different side, he saves it. Del scores on the forward. And Sydney FC are in front in the derby. He was not to be denied, the Italian. There he goes, another great game. It, it started well, hasn't it, the A-League? Oh, certainly, mate. And uh, Newcastle, uh, the Central Coast, got 15,000. Their marquee, Heskey, scored a goal, but... It's interesting we're talking about the A-League on a rugby show because these crowds, these numbers, and mm. the hype around this league, with their national team not going so well, they're going fairly well. Yeah. Um, but this competition, I, don't, I think it's taking a lot of people by surprise in the game, in football, um, and uh, it, it really is providing a source of entertainment, which I think it's giving overs, and it's, it's a concern for Super Rugby, team, I think. Yeah, I think that um, you know the, the ML Heskey and those sort of players, they're, they're well-known players, and obviously the, the majority of the support uh, supporters in Australia know that sort of European league, the English uh, Premier League. So oh, I think it's great for their game and great great for sport in general. Caulfield Cup. Uh, now, Adam Fry, I'm not sure. We, I know that you and I were having a chat with Richard Freeman yesterday. He and picked he, it. he tipped Dan. Did, uh, uh, did you then go straight, uh, uh, and gamble responsibly, did you go straight to a TAB and put something lazy on it? Look, I, I'm not going to brag, but mm-hmm. I actually had that before Richard tipped oh. it. Uh, <laughs> 
And you know the best thing about putting my bet on here in Brisbane? It was the old school way. I filled out a tab form. I put it in the machine. And you know that that noise it makes when you collect? It's like a neck and you, you know you've won. Instead of just typing it in on your phone and seeing your account balance or, you know, playing yeah. with like a poker machine style, yeah. I did it the old school way. And it was so pure. It was so innocent. Yeah. And, uh, mate, I've had the worst spring carnival so far, but I've got my first winner. So I'm very happy. Wait, wait. Thank uh, you, Richard. It's so pure and innocent because you gambled at some venue rather than on your phone. I love no. it. No, no, I'm just saying the, the, it just, the it noise. Felt so, yeah, mm. it was just, it brought me back to that place. It was, of course, uh, the Caulfield okay. Cup that uh, Duna Dan, well, last last year, of course, we were calling him Duna Dan uh, because of the French yeah. connection. Now he's Aussie Duna Dan. Uh, won the Caulfield <laughs> Cup, but now favourite for the Melbourne Cup to go back to back uh, next, next well. Uh, it was outstanding. Yeah. I tell you what, what about Amiri Khan? Did you see him come home the last 150? Mate, done it, done it, done it. It was fine. It, it just sat behind the whole pack. It drew wide and it just sat beautifully and it just motored home. That's going to be very tough to beat in the Melbourne Cup. Uh, listen to you. An innocent win to Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, oh look, now I'm a genius. I've got one win. You know. This is yeah. The Ruck. It's your Sunday rugby show. This is The Ruck. John Butler Trio, close to you on The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show, all for Scorcher. Gee, it's a long season. This is our final show for the year, and we've been here for 15, 16 months, I think. But it doesn't end for, for the it's Wallabies. It's gone quickly, though, hasn't it? It's gone it? really quickly. And now the Wallabies, there's not a lot of rest in professional rugby these days, Timmy, is it? Because they now have to, they've, they've gone through the, the draw last night and the final Bledisloe Cup is the final game on, on home soil for the season. But they now prepare for a little jaunt to Europe. Is it a jaunt or is this a, a serious, you know, building exercise? How do you see this ahead? Well, hopefully, um, you know, you, you look at uh, sort of any bolters that have been in the, in the Wallaby team, they'd probably be the, the older players who, you know, like your Quade Cooper and your James Hall, are those guys going to come back? Because um, under Robbie Deans, I think they've had about 45 new capped Wallabies underneath uh, sort of Robbie Deans. So, um, oh, I think he'll experiment a little bit. I think he'll try some options. But, they, yeah, they go away and play uh, in France, Italy, uh, Wales and also England, so four test matches. So uh, a really good opportunity. It's a great fun, isn't it, Has going away end-of-season tour. Uh, it's not a end-of-season tour that you know for a rugby league team. Yeah, but it's, it's, a... it's not Bali. <laughs> no, no. Give the Dempasar 15. But this is the thing. So uh, Luke Burgess has been rumoured in the paper that he might be playing some of those test matches whilst over there. Matt Giddo has sent a text message yeah. to Robbie saying that he would be available. Well, he's if playing, playing in the south of France with Toulon at the moment. Yeah, yeah. of course. So uh, the Bolters now are going to be real left field. Like They may be the older players, as Tim said, but uh, look, I don't think Robbie's going to chance too much here. I'm, not because of personal reasons. Not but because I, of his results that he needs. Potentially, but mm. I, I do think there is a lot of momentum and there is something about when you finish an end-of-season spring tour undefeated that actually means yep. something, and I think that's where they need to get to. Um, I, I would love to see some players like Hanson and, and, and the like, so guys that have only just played 10 or, or 20 minutes mm. get more time, not to say that they'll start. I'd like to see Kane Douglas yep. play more footy. I'd like to see Tapawai. Yep. Or how was Clarkie pronouncing him last night? Tapawai. Is Tapawai. that how you do it? Yes, yes. Okay, I'd like to see Tapawai <laughs> play uh, some Japanese, but he uh, plays some more <laughs> footy. So I'd like to see the guys that have been on the fringe um, get some more game time. Will there be a, a completely revamped squad? I don't think so. And I, in history, Robbie doesn't change the spring tour yeah. too much. His bolters really come at the start. But see, Tony, what, what'll happen too, the players will go away. Yeah. I think they play their last test match the first weekend in December, and you come back and you're probably going to have to have three or four weeks off, because the first game for Super Rugby for the Australian teams, I think the first two weeks are just Australian teams next year, uh, Super 15, The um, I think it's about the second week of February. 
15th of Feb, you're right. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So it's, uh, there's not a lot of time for holidays and you need your break. And this is where the calendar of rugby needs to be reviewed. We need to play more games, I get it, uh, because of the, the, the economic condition of our sport. But we need time off. I just hate seeing these soft tissue injuries. Not at the start, but mid-season and, and players burning out. But I'm not using that, that as an excuse. Well, in terms a lot of, of rugby, rest, Tony. Tell yeah. him, in terms of having rest, Adam, will Scotty Higginbotham have a little rest for, for that accidental knee and slight <laughs> headbutt on Richie Jimmy, you saw, it, you saw it live, mate. I, I, I don't think... It, it's already... He has been cited. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are you, your, your thoughts, Tim? Well, I think that I think you'll probably get at least one or two weeks, Tony. And I think what we're trying to do here now, the Wallabies will try and... Uh, maybe cre- create a couple of games that he would have played with the Roma Echidnas or the Gundawindi Emus or something, <laughs> just so he can sit out those games and go on the tour. <laughs> and, uh, he'll, I reckon he'll miss half the tour, but he'll travel with them. Uh, and I don't think that's such a bad thing for Higgins because he's played a lot of football, including Super Rugby. In the past two years, a little bit of a break. Uh, not that I endorse what he did to Richie. Or... It's, it's like headbutting the Prime Minister if you headbutt oh, Richie yes. McCall. That's what you'd do. That's what you'd say if you're a New Zealander. But uh, I Ma- think... maybe we can't say that about our no, Australian you... Prime Minister. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you get yourself out of that one. She got an invisible headbutt in India and fell over. I saw it. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> I think that's got more hits than uh, that, that um, song that's being played everywhere around the world at the moment. We have sigh the yeah. Gannon cool. yes. style. This is the rock. And we are sadly rushing towards the end of today's show and the ruck for the year. It's been a really sensational full time, time for us for the year. It is, we, I know. What do we do? Do we have a mad Monday tomorrow, Tony, you and I? <laughs> yeah, what? Berkey or... What a good, well, if we can find Berkey, I'm not sure exactly where he is. You can He's go like with Berkey house. around the North Shore and just drink a coffee in every cafe around uh, Manly and just uh, do like a cafe crawl. Our, That's our own crazy. little ruck mad Monday. What, what, will you, what will you wear, Tony? Well, I, I know that you've got your uh, mad Monday outfit still in the garage, haven't you? The uh, was it the convict outfit? That's it. Yeah, the ball and chain. The ball and chain. Right. That, that sometimes my wife wants to. Um, oh, look, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about this sort of stuff okay. on, uh, <laughs> no. on on radio. Tim, that's between you and your wife, please. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, you haven't been on the show often enough, then, Adam, because that's between oh. Tim, his wife, and this audience. That's oh, the, the beauty of Tim. Fifty shades of grey. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 he shares. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. When you look oh, back yeah. over what has been a, a long season, Timmy, do you have any? Oh, we were going to speak to Mike Harris, by the way, uh, but it seems the Wallabies did get out and about uh, after the glorious draw, eighteen all last night in Brisbane. I'm not sure. They had a few drinks with you, Timmy. Uh, what was your, if you look back over this long season of Super Rugby and the Test matches, uh, do you, can you come up with a highlight? Well, I think there's been a lot of highlights. Super Rugby for mine's been fantastic. I think it, um, it encapsulates what what rugby's all about. The you know you get a bonus point for scoring four tries, and it. it um, I think it really improves the the running rugby aspect, and I think the Queensland Reds when they played the Chiefs here at SunCorp Stadium uh, midway through the the year. Uh, it was a wonderful game, probably the best game of, of rugby I've seen for the last two or three years, and that, probably that was my highlight. Seeing there was forty two thousand people at the game, it was a it was a packed packed stadium, and and something that you know the Chiefs were were the side to beat. Adam, well, look, there's two two for mine. One, a certain player is Brett Sheehan. Now um, he's thirty three. Uh, his nickname is the Sausage Dog. He's actually shrunk his whole career, but he uh, he stuck at it. He was on the bench for the Force. He started a few games, and then come on last night, he's made his way back in the Wallabies side by injury, mind you, and uh, that crucial turnover, Richie McCaw. I think it's a good story for Shanna because he's a good guy and uh, he's persisted and uh, and got the win. But look, last night, leading walking to to Suncorp. And just the energy of that stadium. And, and people all year have been saying to me, oh, rugby's on the decline and, you know, it's, uh, it's such a, a boring game and you're losing fans. But come and have that conversation with me at, uh, out there at Suncorp. It was just absolutely humming. People sprinting to get to their seats for the Harker. 
I don't know. Is it Suncorp? It was humid. It was just such a, an eerie... It was just a, a beautiful thing to see that rugby was just appreciated and applauded. And, and look, it would have been great to get the win, but I'm going to say it. No, you wouldn't usually, but a draw was a fair result. So the first 10 minutes just leading up to that game was pretty special for it, me. It's got to be one of the best footy grounds in the world to watch a game of rugby. Uh, of rugby. I, I haven't had the opportunity, obviously, to play on it, but, gee, sitting anywhere and any seat in that stadium uh, is phenomenal. It's a great place to watch footy. All right, well, there you go. That, sadly, is where we leave you for uh, 2012. Uh, hopefully we'll be back with you next year to share some uh, rugby moments on a Sunday morning uh, and any other sport that catches our attention. Tim, thanks so much for your year. Good on you, Tony. You enjoyed it, and uh, we'll go around next year, and hopefully uh, it starts a bit early, as I said, uh, early in February next year. So looking forward to it, Tony. Well bowled. Yeah, thank you. End-of-season trip, Bali. Here we come. <laughs>